but you know what thank you god we got a building thank you that we can come to church thank you for provision you know thank you for everything you've done for us oh my goodness thank you we have enough food we've got cars yet everything we have everything that we need god is so so good to us so good to us so god you know what every single day thank him for something you know i've gone, gone into the shower and said thank you for running water in this house you know what <laughs> thank you thank you for electricity thank you for the healing power of god thank you that you love us and we've got provision if you start thanking him you get more every time you go in your car even if you want a new one say thank you for this car lord car you work good speak to it and when you do that you're going to get something else <laughs> thank you i just you know that's the one thing they say when when you thank him a lot that is just a high form of worship to him thanking him all the time for the provision that he's given you well i'm going to receive the tithes and offerings and you can be seated for a second and go to second corinthians 8 9. i'm going to start just teaching a little bit out of rich <laughs> and that this book is in the uh, bookstore and there's another one to follow it which says richer okay now I, I will say this people come against prosperity um, this is 2nd Corinthians 8 9 and they come against people you know, it's because they're, they're thinking carnally. Honest to God, carnal means flesh, meathead. <laughs> it means they're thinking in the flesh, not from the spirit. And see, when your spirit really loves God, you're not going to mishandle money. You're not going to, you're going to be thrilled that you've got enough to give into the gospel all the time. You want to look at our checkbook? <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it at all. <laughs> In fact, we could probably have a no, we wouldn't. You know what? Because the more we get, the more we get. <laughs> to me, there's just nothing better than, than giving to God. I, I, okay, 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, let's go to the King James. It's <laughs> too many words in there. <laughs> For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, because he died on the cross, you got grace. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you, that you, through his poverty, might be rich. Now, okay, now, now we're redeemed because Jesus went to the cross. And I'm going to tell you, you're redeemed from three things. Spiritual death. Everybody gets that one. Everybody wants to, you know, to get born again, all that. Okay, yeah. That one's, yeah. Well, we got that one. But the rest of them, 
in a me too. I mean, <laughs> sickness and disease, he redeemed us from. He actually redeemed us. He rescued us from it. Now, I'll explain more of that. It's this that undoes it. <laughs> and poverty. Now, but it says, well, he became poor. And you know, I used to teach this way, and he said, don't, okay, Galatians 3.13 says, he has redeemed us, he's rescued us, he's ransomed us from the curse of the law. Don't put it up there. Just keep leaving the rich thing up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he, re he rescued us from the curse of the law in the Old Testament when he went on the cross and he restored what Adam and Eve lost in the garden. The Garden of Eden now, if you're a born-again Christian, lives in you. It was perfect in that garden. And that's why Jesus had to go because they goofed up. Adam was, you know, Adam was the tiny God of this world. He had all authority over everything. And he disobeyed God and sinned. And the devil came in and they closed off the Garden of Eden. And Jesus, this was the mystery of the cross. Jesus, Jesus died on the cross and took our sins and along with the sicknesses so that we could have a restoration of the Garden of Eden. But most of us don't know that, so we don't do it. I didn't know that either until I started. You start studying it. See, Christ's life on earth, most of the time we've compared, well, yeah, his, his life on earth was like bleh, compared to what he had in heaven. But you know what? We're not, that isn't quite right, what that means up there. Jesus was not poor on the earth. Do you know that Jesus actually had a lake house? Well, what does it mean? I have no place to lay my head. Well, he kept traveling on the road because he does nonstop, nonstop preaching the gospel. And sometimes he couldn't go all the way back home. Honest to God, you, you, <laughs> He had, he had one of his disciples stealing from the bag. And yet, they were always giving to the poor. Does that make sense? They, yeah. He, he was, you know who it was. It was Judas. Judas was stealing from the bag all the time. And he was, he was the treasurer of the disciples. And yet, they kept giving. Oh, he went out to give to the poor. But see, they still gave to the poor. And yet he, you know what? Jesus had to support all those disciples, 12 of them, feed them. And they might have had families and children. Some of them had families and children. Did you know that? He gave them a salary. <laughs> you see, so he, he really, <laughs> and he had a lake house on the, I think it was the Sea of Galilee. I'm not sure anybody, Capernaum by Capernaum. That's why they always went to that house. See, and when Jesus was born, and at the age of about two, God made certain he had was compensated. The three kings came. And they didn't come when he was born. They came when he was two. And they brought him riches in the form of gold, frankincense, and myrrh so that his family could support him. He, they did. And so, so when did Jesus become poor? <laughs> When he became sin for us. Go on, put it a second, do put this up. 2 Corinthians 5.21, we should know it by heart. I tell you what, my Jesus became sin for me. 
that I, he may be, even though he knew no sin, that I might become the righteousness of God. He said, here, Father God, I'll take all their sins on me and exchange, here, put my righteousness on them. That's huge. He, he man, the torment and the suffering he went through to do that. But now, I mean, thank God that's over with. If you just really think about that, and I'm telling you, it wasn't like if you did a lie, he took, like, think of the millions of people on the earth from the time of Adam to those who aren't even born yet. He took all of those, every time you lied, let's say I lied, uh, let's see, I'm 82, so <laughs> I lied, uh, uh, I mean, this isn't true, but hope it isn't true. <laughs> Two million times. And think of all the people on the earth, the billions of people. Every time they lied, all that came on them. Every time they committed adultery, every time they, they, they murdered somebody, every time, every murder came on his body. That's why they didn't even recognize his face. It says it in, in Isaiah uh, 52 at the end of the chapter. It says, no man ever, he looked like a piece of rag. And that was because he took all of our sins. I mean, I'm not just saying every sin I've ever committed and not just, well, he took that one, no. It was the multiplication of the lies, the multiplication of adultery, the multiplication of all the murders, the multiplication of all the whatevers, you know? all the evil stealing and junk all he took every one of those sins of the billions and zillions of people from the time of adam to and so that's why okay that's how he became sin and when he did that he became really poor amen so okay so jesus became sin for us who never knew any sin that we might be made the righteousness of god in him Okay, so how did he pay for the sins? God made him sin, became sin, and he suffered in our place. And he suffered physically by the soldiers, but at the same time, God was placing the sins of the world on him in the spirit realm. And so the soldiers could not do that, right? They couldn't do that, only God could. And in Matthew 27, 46, it says, that's why he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And don't put those scriptures up. But when sin and death came, divine provision left. Okay. You know, at first, Adam was surrounded with supply. Adam didn't have to do anything. <laughs> Poverty, lack, and deficiency came into the world with sin. But you know what? Christ, Christ came to redeem it. I, okay, I know you get all of all this stuff. Don't take this for granted. Meditate on it. Yes. He redeemed us. Yes. He rescued us. Yes. He ransomed us. Yes. And it was, he exchanged. People give ransoms for with money yes. to get yes. like their kids are yes. kidnapped or something like that. Remember that time we gave it because they were torturing those those mothers with babies put them in chicken wire cut off their breasts so their babies would starve to yeah. death yeah. it was awful 
This was in another country and people came with masks on. Both sides had masks. But these were Christians were coming and they said, yeah, we want to buy them. We'll give you like $60 a piece for them. You know, because we want to use them as slaves, but they were gonna, they were going to set them free. <laughs> and we remember we put into that once in the old church. Some of you were there. We put into that and rescued many, many of those people that were enslaved. And um, that was through a ministry. It, huh? Rod Parsley, thank you. That's who it was. I need a Kleenex. Okay. Okay. Thank you, husband. Um, okay, so all the byproducts of sin Jesus bore, including sickness and poverty, and our sins. And you know what? Um, sin brought all of what we know as the curse into the earth. Okay, so because of Jesus' sacrifice, we're now righteous instead of sinful because we were made righteousness. It isn't because how you act or feel, you were made that. You were made to sit in the highest place of authority in the universe. You were made righteous. You can't even help it. Some people don't know they were made righteous. As soon as you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you know what else we are? We're really healed. We don't, well, yeah, but I feel sick. Well, we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> we're healed by the word of God because he made us healed. So we're also made rich instead of poor because he redeemed us from poverty. And we have wealth, but God, if we have wealth and you say, it's out there. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. We have God's health, God's provision restored to us because of his sacrifice. And we've been redeemed to righteousness, to healing, and to riches. Say, I am redeemed to riches. Yeah, say it again. I'm ransomed to riches. I've been rescued to riches. <laughs> Good. <laughs> You know what? We were exalted as sacred and hallowed parts of our faith to say that. He, we have, I tell you what, see, we thank you. To say, see that people say, well, prosperity is dangerous and it ruins people's lives. That's because they're being fleshy. Fleshy people won't do the right thing. Wouldn't you like to give to a ministry huge amounts of money? A million dollars so that you can you have that right right on your your tablet up in heaven that you did that and all the souls they saved are going to be also counted as what you saved even though they did the work folks this is this is true how how can we take over how can we help people if we're worried about paying rent if we're worried about paying doctor bills if we're, we're concerned about this and concerned about that how can you get this here honestly three things what are they you tell me what are they what poverty sickness spiritual death you're born again christians what did he redeem us from? It's in Deuteronomy. 
What did Christ redeem us from on the cross? Our sins, which made, which made us born-again Christians, right? We can come, but you have to say, Jesus, I believe and come into my heart. Hey, I was a Christian for four, I mean, I was in a denomination for 40 years and nobody told me to say that. Corbin, nobody ever told me that. And then when I was, end of my birthday, January 1st, and it was December, sometime I found out that that's what I had to do. And then I got spirit filled right away by the Lord. And you know what? Nobody ever told me that. See, that's what I'm, and it's not their fault because they didn't know any better either. Many of the churches don't say that. That's so important, so important. Even if I take too much time on this, it'll be worth it. <laughs> See, to say no thanks to God's supernatural provision is to reject part of Christ's sacrifice on the cross. You know what, anything included in our redemption, in our rescuing, should be honored, it should be glorified, it should be thanked, it should be, you know, say, God, I'm so grateful. And it should be exalted as something sacred and hallowed, parts of our faith. To say prosperity is dangerous and ruins people's lives is to say redemption ruins people's lives. See, prosperity is not the love of money. If you, you take advantage of people so you can make money, like you own a corporation and you, you pay them like, uh, I hate to say, some of the fast food joints. They pay, well, they're a little better now, but they pay them hardly nothing and make them work to pieces. Make them a manager, big deal. It's a title, they don't get enough money and they're making billions and billions. And then, then they, fund things that come against our Christianity. See, all of this prosperity is not rooted in greed. It's rooted in the blood of Jesus. It's prosperity is not frivolous or small or a shallow thing. Prosperity was paid for by God at a great price by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And actually, it's a holy thing. God wants us to have it because he knows our hearts. And He, you will give it out there. Seriously. Okay. So with that, let's take the, would you pass out the envelopes and so forth and so on? It, you know what? Keep, keep thinking that way. Seriously, keep thinking that way. God is a good God. Okay. I was I was just thinking about the air conditioning. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't beg you. Okay, folks, you have to pay. You know what you have to pay. You know, the utility bill was 3000 almost $4,000. It wasn't this month. <laughs> but it sure is in the winter. 
It was the last one we got in the winter. It was almost $4,000. Have, have I ever begged you for the money for that? Never. Have I ever asked you to pay because fixing the air conditioning? Did I ever ask you to pay? Would you please fund this so we can build that thing up there? If I asked you, no. Huh. See, I trust in the Lord, but you have to trust in the Lord also with all of your heart. When it comes to that, see, some, some there, people have been programmed by, and it was a devilish teaching in Christianity that it's wrong to be rich. How in the world can I help anybody if they, like, like we paid for somebody's car insurance last year. We paid the whole thing. How, how can we help when there's a tornado and they don't have a house? Uh, you know what? We should get to the point where we're giving people cars and houses. I, that's what I want to do. A lot of those, it's the truth. Because that's what God wants us to do. Oh. I mean, I believe this. I'm not just saying whistling Dixie. And this new carpet. Yeah, see, there's little humps in it. I actually fell down once going over the air pocket. Okay. So, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the provision. God, we ask you to bless every single penny that everyone's giving to bring a hundredfold return. You said that you would supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. Riches in glory. And if we're going from glory to glory and the glory lives in us if we're born again, <laughs> then the riches are inside of us. <laughs> according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus who died on the cross and redeemed us from poverty. Amen. Welcome to church this morning. We are so happy all of you are here today. 
Uh, thank you for coming. If we have any first-time guests, if you want to raise your hand, we want to say welcome, welcome. I see you. Good to see you. Good to have you in the house today. Um, if you received your uh, envelope, did he receive a <laughs> praise the Lord? Go ahead and put that in the offering bucket when that comes through. Oh, I guess that's already come through. So if you still have it, go ahead and hand it to Miss Stephanie. She can take care of you, get your, your free gift. And uh, thank you so much for coming and thank you for you know they say whenever you come here once you are then family so welcome to the family praise the lord well if you have a device today please silence it uh we don't want to have any disruptions anything to uh, disrupt the flow no gum or food in the sanctuary um we do have our bookstore and um we do have the sweaters still to order i did see shirts somewhere I saw green shirts that were Jesus the healer. So I don't know if we can order those yet. We'll look, can we? Oh, okay. So we'll look into that. But if you want one, make sure to ask Miss Stephanie, because if there's a demand for it, then we'll make it available. Okay. And thank you. Yeah. So praise God. We also have coming up, we have Father's Day next Yay week. to the Father. And we are so excited to celebrate this year. Um, we are going to have a Father's Day luncheon after service. So make sure you stick around, invite all the fathers, bring them in. Uh, we'd love to have them and, uh, and just celebrate. You know, uh, in 2 Timothy 2.6, it says, The hardworking farmer who produces labor or who labors to produce crops ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. So we are, we are, uh, we know that our fathers are the ones planting the seeds. Our fathers are the ones leading us and, and guiding us. And so we, we just want to bless them and to share good things with them. So uh, make sure you come and celebrate our fathers. Um, and then we have Pastor Ike coming July 9th and 10th. We are so excited to have him. Uh, he will be here Saturday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Sunday night at 7 p.m. So we are excited um, to have him. Make sure you're uh, prayerful about the services. Make sure you mark down the times. Uh, make sure you're here and you invite in someone as well. Yes, amen. Um, we do have our normal weekly schedule this week. We also have our food pantry going on this week. So if you know someone who needs a food box, send them here. Um, we're here from 4 to 7. If you'd like to help, talk to Brother Kenny. Um, and then we have lots of celebrations this month. We just celebrated Lonnie and Sonia's anniversary. Praise God. We are so excited uh, for, for more young couples in the church. Praise God. And then uh, it was just this past week was my birthday and Sonny's birthday. And yesterday was Alessia's first birthday. Alessia, yeah, we are blessed with her. And then McKenna's birthday is tomorrow. And then we have Elijah, Miss Debbie McCarty's grandson. His birthday's on the 15th, so we're excited to bless him. And then mom's birthday on Thursday, so we're excited to bless her. Um, and then Keith and Mike are both on the 18th. Woohoo! Uh, that's Saturday, is it, huh? Is, is Saturday the right day for that one? Yeah, praise the Lord. We have so many birthdays, so many celebrations and reasons to celebrate this month. And then at the end of the month, we have Elliot Taylor, Miss Tabby, and Jesse, Brother Jesse's um, 
grandson. So we are so excited to celebrate with you all. Um, now, as our pastor comes up, just uh, lean to the side and say, uh, God bless you to someone um, next to you as our pastor comes. Yes. God bless you. <laughs> or, uh, yes, I need God. We all need God to bless us. Okay, so, put 1 Peter 2.24 up out of the King James. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that you open up the eyes of our understanding. You flood our hearts with light as we zip open our hearts and want you to flood it. Put it all in, God. I want it all. I want to know more, more, more. I want to go to a higher place. Lord, flood our hearts with light. Why? So we can know the hope to which we have been called. It's truly a hope. It's not sorrow and, and, and hardship on the earth, Lord God. You said we could experience heaven on earth. And God, we want to experience that. We thank you, Father. We thank you that we have seeing eyes of, of the word of God and hearing ears, both physically and spiritually. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, 1 Peter 22, 24 says, Who his own self, who's the who? Who's who? Who's who? Everybody say it. Jesus. Try it again. Jesus! It was, it was him, okay? Who his own self bear our sins. Well, you just had some teaching on that. In his own body, on the tree. What was the tree? The cross. That we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Is were present tense, past tense. It's past tense. First it talks about our sins. Right? Look at that. See, this is meditation on it. Otherwise, who himself will bear our sins in our own body and tree that we be dead to sin might come alive to righteousness by his stripes are healed. It doesn't mean a thing if you say it that fast and you really look at it. He bare our sins. Why? So we could be, he did it on the cross. First it talks about sins. Then it talks about how he did it on the cross. Why did he do it? So we could, what does that say up there? That we being dead to sin. Honest to God, people say, well, I just can't stop that habit when they become a Christian. But they can stop it because they're actually been made dead to sins. It's just that they're being fleshy and carnal and giving into it. Okay? So, see, look at that. He, he bare our sins in his own body. Every single one you ever committed and every billion, zillions. I'm, I'm sure there isn't even, you can't even count how many sins came on him. On that cross. So we could be dead to sins. So we could live a righteous life. A righteous person does good things. 
A righteous person gives. A righteous person doesn't cheat on his income tax. A righteous person doesn't lie. I mean, we all goof up and thank God for 1 John 1, 9. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us. And, you know, or, or be jealous of people. I know jealousy has come up in me and I go, you get out of there. But recognize it in yourself. A jealous, I mean, a righteous person doesn't cause strife or blame things on other people. I mean, we might have, there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, being dead, we're dead to sins. So we have more ability than other people that aren't born again. That we should live unto righteousness. And when we live unto righteousness, by whose stripes? What were the stripes? The beating. The beating. Okay. Somebody up here had an accident and fell down on their face. And there's bruises. But you know what? Those bruises mean there's healing. I looked at If she didn't have bruises, there wouldn't be healing. Bruising, they, they bruised Jesus to the core so you could be healed. That's what the whipping was for. He took those sins on the cross, but the whipping, now listen, the whipping part, he didn't have to do and he did it for your healing. Okay, so Jesus defeated sickness when he defeated sin. Say that. Jesus defeated sickness when he defeated sin. So see, the everlasting, incorruptible, you can't destroy the word, it says we are healed, past tense. I'm talking to myself. Galatians 3.13 says Christ has redeemed us, rescued us, ransomed us from the curse of the law. And I'm, you know, don't, okay, Matthew 8, 17 says, now that one you might put up there real quick, King James, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Okay. Who's himself? Jesus. Jesus. Okay. Okay, and that might be fulfilled. See, Isaiah said this in Isaiah 53. And he said, I'm, I'm just saying the last part, himself, Jesus himself took our infirmities. One time I looked up the word. Well, first I looked up took. See, I've got one of those fat dictionaries, Dr. We have one for that, um, uh, that Dr. Jacobs was talking about. And it's, it was, you know, it's, it was written and it has scriptures in it explaining, yeah. Many of the definitions. Webster was a Christian. Okay, he took. Took means he removed and he extracted. He took our infirmities. What does infirmities mean? Weaknesses due to older age and physical frailties. But he took them. He extracted them. <laughs> yeah, he removed them. And bore, and it says he bore our sicknesses. So there was a difference between infirmities and sicknesses. To me, that, whoo, that made me, I figured something out. <laughs> it made me happy. Because <laughs> he took him, he, he extracted him. And, and it says, 
Okay, bore means he, it penetrated into Jesus. It bore like you bore a hole in a tree. It bore into him, every part of him. It was laid on Jesus, the sicknesses. It carried sicknesses away. Okay, Isaiah 53, 5 says, with his stripes, we are healed. Isaiah saw this way before Jesus came to the earth and died on the cross, hundreds of years before. So see, with those stripes, the beating, uh, he, 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 we are healed. Okay. Now many say, may say, but you don't understand. I don't feel healed. I really don't look healed. But you have been programmed by the world that the five physical senses. The word is not in that person. The word of God is not part of the world. Okay. You know, the world knows a lot about, may know a lot about, or people may know a lot about the word. And they may even memorize it. And they may even believe the word is true. But until it becomes a part of them, it's not in them. Okay, I'm... What I'm telling you is I've been there and done that. I believe the word's true. But, but see, okay, just, actually they are moved or motivated by their feelings. You know why? Because we ain't full enough. When I got that cancer, I was full of the word on healing because I was teaching it. I was studying it. I was saying it every day. Then I kind of got away from it. You know, after that, and I was just like, I just laughed at that. A cancer diagnosis, I laughed at. I, I'm, I, I look back on it and I go, I don't know if I would. <laughs> Honest to God. And I, I don't know if I'd do that now. I'd probably go, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but see, that's why I'm getting back. I got to get back into that. It's because I was teaching it all the time. Like, like for five years, every single Sunday night. So, see, that really pumps you. <laughs> okay. And so, but even, even like anybody, somebody singing up there, you got to be full of the word. You, you can't skip like not being, if you're going to teach something, you need to be full. If you get it, you know, you need to say who you are in Christ and read the word. And you know what? Before I studied yesterday, I went through all this thing for two, three hours before I even started this. And then I wrote two sermons and it seemed like the time was really easy. Can we get some more fans? Some, are you guys, I'm, you know what? Men, take your jackets off for heaven's sake. Loosen your tie if you want. I mean, this is not, you know. Or, there you go. Unbutton it, though. I was going to say something funny, but I don't know if I want. You need to. I was going to say, Randy. We could put that in a ponytail so it wouldn't be so hot. <laughs> there you go. 
there. <laughs> See, you got to laugh a little bit too. <laughs> okay, but when you don't believe that you're motivated by your feelings... And see, you can get, because you're not full enough, you can be motivated by your feelings. And you know what takes the fullness away? All these things that happen. I mean, you might get a bill in the mail. You might have an argument with your kids or your, your spouse or some, somebody at work, and it pulls it out of you. And so, you know, that's why we have to keep full of the word of God and get into it daily. You may, you know, we may say, pray for me. Okay, this is part of it too. It's the words of our mouth. And we may say, well, hey, somebody pray for me. I'm even <laughs> I'm getting the flu, <laughs> you know, or I'm taking the flu. I'm not I think you're, some of you are beyond that. You know that. Don't say take it. <laughs> okay, okay. They termed it right. They're taking it. Because Satan offered it to him with symptoms. All of a sudden, you have a runny nose. You may have a neck ache, or you're starting to get a low-grade fever. And the devil will wait to see what you say about it out loud. Somehow, we just love for other people to know. <laughs> I mean, that was so hard for me not to tell you I've been diagnosed with cancer. <laughs> And I wouldn't say I have cancer. I would not say that. I said I've been diagnosed with it. See, most, most of the time we side with the devil and we begin to say the very thing he said. I'm getting a cold. I'm taking a cold. I've got this. I've got that. You know what? My arthritis, my cold, my headache, my pain, my cancer, no, my high blood pressure. No, don't take ownership of it. Never say that because the devil is waiting for you to do that. I'm not kidding you. What does it say in Proverbs 18, 21? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love to say it, in other words, wait, they that love to say it will eat the fruit. I mean, it doesn't say say in there, but I say it. That's what's happening. We're saying it. I'm guilty lately. I know some of you have heard me. <laughs> I'm saying like, gosh, I'm just really, I don't want to go there now though. Remember the word says in second, and you don't have to put this up. In second Corinthians 13, one, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. Maybe you ache all over, you're sneezing, and that's how you feel. But what are you going to say about it? You know what? Psalm 119, 84 says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. As, as scripture, and I'm, I'm, right now I'm not getting where it's at, but it doesn't make any difference. Heaven and earth are going to pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. It, see, the first thing we want to do, though, when we get sick, and no, this is true, we want to go tell somebody. Or you want to put it on Facebook. Poor me. It's truth. I mean, I'm, it's saying, you know, 
I believe I'm getting this, or the doctor diagnosed me with this. And see, then everybody can, oh, you know, I, and the devil sees it, and he, he and ha this is true. This is true. There are familiar spirits sitting there waiting for you to pounce on you to make it worse. You can say, I believe I'm getting the flu or I've, I've COVID. Sometimes I've said, I think I had COVID after I had it. <laughs> but, okay, but see, when you do that, you're releasing your faith in sickness. And you've established the words of the enemy. It is very difficult. It was very, we had a family reunion. And you don't think my sister came from California and she's a nurse and was a nurse and her husband's a doctor. And I, I had a really tough time not telling her that I was diagnosed with cancer by left breast. I didn't tell her. I remember standing around. In fact, I wasn't even very friendly because I didn't want to say it. And I did. And I was really disciplined that time. But lately, I haven't been very disciplined. <laughs> See, the, the word of God said the tongue will cause the healing power to stop. And it set on fire that which you have inherited from God. Now, wait. Inherited from God? What have you inherited? You know what you've inherited? And I know this just from even studying the word and studying doctors know this now. You've inherited is a natural healing power in your body. You've got a natural healing power in your body. And I don't mean divine healing, but the natural healing ability of the human body. The way God made it. It's the truth. And if all things are right and without Satan being involved... And us keeping our mouth shut. Any sickness that comes on your body, your body will cast it off and heal itself. Jesus did that. And see, you know, there's all these nice remedies that won't, you know, okay, all these drugs that are out there, they're, they're affecting your liver. They're starting, they start to affect your kidneys. They start to affect your all kinds of areas. They, all of them, because some of them are made out of plastic. And um, that's why I just don't hardly take nothing. You get to a certain age and they said, oh, they just automatically prescribe it. I, I said, don't even bother. One of them got mad at me. I said, well, go ahead and write it. I took it home. As soon as I got in the car, I tore it up. Then the drugstore kept calling me saying, how come you aren't picking up your prescription? Okay, the healing ability, and this, and it's a spiritual thing, especially if you're a Christian. You, I'll tell you what, there's something about in your spirit, man, that brings that healing ability in your body. But Satan comes on the scene and deceives us and distorts that stuff because he found out that his ability is limited to what he can get you to say. Kenneth Hagin said that. Now wake up, everybody. Kenneth Hagin even said that. He said that, that scripture that says, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over, he said, don't even say the power of the enemy. 
He said he has very little ability. And the only ability he has is what you say about it. I remember I was there when he said it. We went there a lot. So see, it's what you say. And not many Christians know that. But Satan knows it and he believes it. Okay, in James 2, 19, and don't put that up, but it says, you believe there is one God and you do well. But you know what? The devils believe it and they tremble. <laughs> they tremble. They believe the word of God more than we do. And they're frightened by it and they can't get anywhere. But see, they see us and they hear us say the opposite of the word and they realize, hey, these people are can be deceived. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when I get sick, I wanted to, Ken, I've got, I feel like I've got, oh, you know what? I can feel a scratchy throat or I can feel, you know, my ears are blocked or, you know, and, oh, gee, my eyes have some infection in them. Uh, shut up. <laughs> See, think back when you didn't feel good. Didn't you want to tell someone right off the bat, I'm sick. And I have done that. And then you begin to get worse immediately, if not sooner. You are being unaware that you activated a spiritual law that gave the authority you had. You had the authority. You bet you violated that spiritual law of domination of your physical body over the enemy. You have the authority over your body. You know, I was, there's a doctor called Dr. Livingood, and I actually, he's on Facebook, and he, he said that, and he says, people think, oh, I, you just named that so you could, be, and he, he said, that's my actual name. And you can read, he said, I, I just abhor it. He is an MD with, with a, he's an internal medicine. And he actually has said, he said, I am just abhorred at the drugs that are being prescribed. And he says, there's a different remedy for all those to get rid of diabetes, to get rid of this, to get rid of that. And I went, that's the good old fashioned doctor kind that used to visit you because all those drugs weren't out. See, I'm like 82. So in my little hometown, Dr. Serb, I remember, SRB was how you pronounced, he would come actually to your house in that little town. See, but you established the words of the enemy instead of God's word. And you openly proclaim, I am sick. So remember, death and life are in the power of the tongue. They who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Okay, it didn't say death and life are in the power of God. It didn't say death and life were in the power of Satan. It said death and life in the power of your tongue. Proverbs 2 says you are snared by the snared, trapped by the words of your lips. Okay, but the word of God says you're healed. Put up 1 Peter 2.24 again. Himself bear my sins. In his own body. On the tree. On the cross. That I being. Second Peter. One, first Peter I mean. 
224. Okay. Okay. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins, which is the cause of sickness. But we should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes we were past tense healed. See, it's because we're not really living unto righteousness. If you read all the Proverbs about the words of your lips and read James about the words of your lips, <laughs> you, you, honest to God, okay, we've been programmed in the world. So, have you probably never heard anything like that, Corbett? I, but it's the truth. But see, I know the truth, and a lot of times I goof it up. <laughs> Because we're so much, really, about 70% of the time we're in the world. So, I mean, we're dealing with it. You know, it's true. We're, we're all around it. Okay, so Jesus, okay, so by whose stripes we were healed, not going to be healed, we were, past tense, healed 2,000 years ago. You know what? Jesus, and we say, God, please heal me. Please heal me. Oh, God, please heal me. He already did it. God is not going to heal anyone. It's done. It's already done. It's done. So see, let's, let's lay hold of what he said and start denying that sickness has the right to exist in your body. Come on, we can do it. <laughs> And actually, who, those of you who are parents have little kids, you're responsible, I mean, to take authority over that. And I mean, okay, so may, they still may have symptoms, but don't, okay, don't, we're not going to pay any attention to that. Okay? See, lay hold. Hold fast. That word comes in the Greek, it comes from anchor. You're anchored. They put a big ship as anchored in the water. Lay hold of it by faith. Start confessing the word of God over it. Say whatever you have to say according to the symptoms. Guess what? We just went through a whole Bible study in the book, Answer It. But did you get it? Answer it. You got to answer it. Well, some, somebody will go, you know what? We'll say, well, that sounds kind of nutty. The world will think you're crazy. But you know what? I'd rather be a well nut. Or a well crazy <laughs> than a sick one. And I'm telling you, it works because it worked with the cancer thing. And I did not take the chemo. I didn't take the chemo pill. I don't take it. They wanted me to. No, 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 no. I'm taking none of that stuff. Okay. <laughs> and it worked because I shut my mouth. <laughs> Can't always say that I've always done that though. And it, it works because Jesus, the word, of God said it would. Jesus is the word. And he said it would work. Yes. See, God tells you in his, word, in his word, you can have what you say. There's all kinds of scriptures. You know, see, it says the just four times in the Bible. It says the just, the just, the being born again people, the born again people, <laughs> shall live by faith, not by sight. 
Not what, what they feel, not what they hear from the doctor, not what they see on their body. The five senses, see? I didn't mention what you smell and taste. The just shall live by, well, you know what you could say, that was one of the symptoms of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't taste, I must have COVID. See, we should live more in what God's word said rather than our five senses or feelings. The world lives that. Feelings change from day to day, from hour to hour. And the word of God never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever, regardless of how you feel. Actually, how you feel has nothing to do with it. How you feel has nothing to do with God performing his word. How you feel has nothing to do with how God performs his word. See, James said, and you could read that whole thing, but we're going to try to. James said, if you can control the tongue and would have no trouble with the body, he, he said, control your tongue and you'll have no trouble with the body. It's in James 3, and he compares it with a rudder on a ship, and he compares it with a bit in a horse's mouth. Why do you put the bit in a horse's mouth? To control it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, and both, like, especially the bit in the horse's mouth, both of them are in the mouth. That's James 3. I would read 2, two, two through 12. See, I would go home and read that. James 3, 2 through 12. Both that bit and your tongue huh, have control of your physical body. He said if you can control the tongue, you would not have any trouble with the body. So the body will actually obey words. And, you know, it even talks about that you can't, you can, you can train all kinds of animals and all that stuff, but the body cannot be trained except by your own spirit. Getting that in there by the word of God. It's the only way you train it. You can even train cats. Yeah, did you ever notice animals don't get as sick because they never talk? <laughs> it's true. See, your body will obey the commands of your mind and what you say. <laughs> See, start confessing words that triumph instead of allowing them to hold you in bondage. Oh, sometimes, you know, I think I don't, oh, then I look at myself. So see, I'm just telling you, look at yourself. A lot of times we're confessing a lot of negative stuff. Man, look at those gas prices. Negative. My God supplies all my needs. I don't care what they are. You know what I'm talking about? Ooh, the inflation. Just the other day I said, and I've, I've rebuked these words, but I'm just giving you an example. I bought yellow markers. And I bought a dozen at once because that's, I yell all the Bibles up totally. And I got a new one. It's 
halfway by a little anyway. And, um, and so I thought, what? It's twice, it was twice the price of the last time I bought it. Twice the price. If you ever want to give me a gift, you give me yellow markers. A dozen. Okay, but see, start confessing words. I'm going to say it again to triumph instead of allowing them to hold you in bondage. See, your words will work for you in the negative or the positive. But it won't, but it won't work because you said it once. Even the negative. You know, start confessing the things you desire. Not the problem that exists. That could even be about your children. That could be about your money. That could be about your grandchildren. That could be about your father, your mother, your grandmother, whoever. You confess, the, how long do you confess it? You confess it until you get desired results. You confess till you get desired results. But make certain, certain you watch out for negative words in between it. Let's, I'll just give you an example. How, let's say you want to lose weight. And you had a really good dinner and you say, Ooh, look at that good dessert they made. But I'm, I'm on a diet, but I want dessert. I just can't get along without having a few sweets every day. Your bodys you know what your body starts doing? It starts desiring sugar <laughs> and the sweets. And you build desires with your words, and you train your body to want that. <laughs> it says... Kill, mortify that desire by saying, no, in the name of Jesus, I don't desire any more food than I need. In fact, that I, I sometimes say, in fact, Lord, this week, let me eat less. Let me, show me how to eat less and not stuff myself. Sure enough, and your body hears it and keeps saying it all the time. And that really, it, it's your spirit man talking. Okay, you are a spirit being. You have a soul. What's your soul? Right. And you live in a body. This body going to go in the grave. See, we want to we promote our brain all the time, but your brain's going to decay in the brain. In the brain. In the, in the grave when you die. Your body's going to go collapse to the floor. But your spirit and your soul, your mind, your mind, not your brain, two different things, are going to go to heaven or to hell. If you receive Jesus as your Lord, then it'll go to heaven. So you need to get all your loved ones to know that. I did not know that. They just said it was by good works, by doing all these things all the time. Um, just to, anyway, we're talking about diets. <laughs> See, you build desires with your words or the kind of food you want to eat. And you train your body. But you got to kill that. You got to mortify it. 
say, and say what you say. No, in the name of Jesus, I don't desire any more food that I could eat, and I don't desire to eat sweets. See, it's your spirit man talking and not the flesh. It's the born again spirit man does not lie. And you know what? You actually and honestly and truly you set, you set a spiritual law in motion. You set a spiritual law in motion. You've, and you've done something with your body. You told it to settle down and conform and obey the word of God in the name of Jesus. Talk to it. You know what? Knees, you're going to work. Knees, you're going to bend. There's times I couldn't, I, it was like, and I went, oh, no, you don't. You stop it. It was like caught, and I couldn't bend it. It was like swollen, and I went, oh, no, you don't. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Actually, right now, it feels like, Okay. I don't care. It hurts. You got to do it. You got to talk to it. You will not swell. I mean this with all my heart. I don't even know where I was. So Jesus always spoke to the problem, right? He spoke the desires results. In fact, this one we'll put up. Matthew 12, 33 through 34. Matthew 12, 33, and this one put up in the Amplified. Wait a minute. Maybe I don't have this. That's not what I wanted. Where am I? Oh, I was on Matthew 13. That's why it didn't make sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, it is. That's the right scripture. Either make the tree. Now, I put on top of tree way, way, way back several years ago, tongue. Either make your tongue sound and healthy and good, and it's fruit, what you say, sound, healthy, and good. Or make the tongue rotten, diseased, and bad, and its fruit will be rotten, <laughs> diseased, and bad. For the tongue is known and recognized and judged by its fruit. And this is sweet, kind, nice Jesus. You offspring of vipers! <laughs> How can you speak good things when you are evil? See, but he didn't talk to people he, whose hearts he knew were good. He, didn't, he wouldn't speak to you like that because he sees. He lives in your heart. You offspring of vipers. He might correct you, though. Say, knock that off. How can you speak good things when you are evil and wicked? For out of the fullness, the fullness... What kind of fullness are you in? The world fullness or Bible fullness? The overflow, the superabundance of the heart. Whatever you've been putting in there, the mouth speaks. I'm going to keep reading. The good man from his inner good treasure, 
In other words, the deposit in his heart flings forth good things out of his mouth. And an evil man out of the inner evil deposit or storehouse in his heart, in his heart flings forth evil things. It says we're going to give, on the day of judgment, men will have to give account of every idle, non-working, inoperative word they spoke. For by your words, you are justified and acquitted. Think about being in a courtroom. You had to go to court, and you were justified and acquitted. You're free. By your words, you're either justified and acquitted, or by your words, you're going to go to jail or prison. You are condemned and sentenced. <laughs> okay, so you've got to make a decision every morning. <laughs> Will you be moved by what you see or feel or hear or by the word of God? Okay. No, no, I mean, okay. I was going to say something there, though. Will you be moved by what you feel, hear? Well, I lost it. But anyway, he took... He destroyed your infirmities. Remember that? And he bare, bore, took him away, your sicknesses. That's what the word says. Meditate on that. Isaiah 53, 5 says, with his stripes we are healed. Don't say, well, I don't look healed. You, you might not look, you might not feel or sound healed. And, and if you do, you know, look, feel, and sound healed, the physical has won over, if you don't, I mean, look or feel, the physical has won over the word of God. See, shut their mouth. Your voice penetrates every fiber of your being, and I'm not kidding you, even to your spirit. Especially your voice. That's why it's good to speak who you are in Christ. Good to speak healing scriptures. Because it takes it in faster than if you listen to it. See, your tongue is the high authority. Your tongue is the controlling factor of the body that has declared sickness. And all resistance to that virus can cease or that Diagnosis can cease if you speak to your body. The enemy cannot put anything on a born-again Christian without their consent. Somewhere along the line, you've said it, and I'm almost finished. So, whoops. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, the devil can even make you feel like something's coming on. And that's why it's dangerous to live by the five physical senses. So see, learn to program your mind. by the. Get rid, program your mind with the word of God. No matter the symptoms, say what the word says. Answer it. Now see, we're, we're all yaying and I am too now. But then you go home. And stuff happens. And you might even feel bad. But see, that's when you got to be tough. I was very, very tough with that cancer thing. I'm not kidding you. 
it was so hard for me not to say it to like some of you or to any, I would not do it. I told him, I didn't even tell my kids, did I, Mark? All of, right before I had surgery, I told him. I figured I better tell my kids, at least. I called them all up. I never told them before that. And that was like three months making because I, I wanted to pray and make a decision. God, what do you want me to do? So see, God and his word are one. And they agree and himself bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin might live unto righteousness by whose stripes I was healed. God and his word are one. They agree. Rise to the level of God's word and quote out loud what he says. Now, just as sure as he bore your sins, he bore your sicknesses. And you have more right to allow sickness to operate in your body than you do sin. See, okay, say, say, God, okay, that scripture 3 John 2 says, says, beloved, that's you. I pray above all things that you would prosper. Oh, that scripture goes with what we were talking about during tithes and offerings. That first you would prosper. And then it says, be in health as your soul. What's your soul? Your mind. And see, your mind, whatever you got on your mind, whatever you think, you're probably going to say. So get rid of, cast down that stuff. I don't care what the doctor said. 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. How do you prosper that soul, that mind, will, and emotions? The word of God. Speaking it out loud. Confess God's word to your body daily out loud. Out loud. Talk to it. Sometimes your body even wants to be sick because you're worn out from working. <laughs> See, don't allow it. Jesus said you can have what you say, so take time. Take the time to fill your heart with God's word. I won't even come here without that. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Ah. So, Father God, I, I just thank you, Lord, for the word of God. I thank you that it's sealed into their hearts. Lord, that the depth of it is completely and entirely sealed in their hearts. Okay. I'm trying to figure out what God wants now. Praise you, Lord Jesus. I thank you. Yep. I know our flesh is hot. <laughs> so, you know what? If you need healing in your body, let's lay hands on you. Okay, I'm just going to say, okay, oh, that's why I brought this. I wanted to tell you something. Okay, say this confession with me. Okay. Okay. This, this was something, and somebody called, pulled it, somebody typed it out, and it was an envelope prophecy, but they, I found it. I, it was what the Lord gave me when it's, <laughs> and he says, Jackie Hartman, stop it. I have something to say to you. 
really, really realize because of the stance of living word and those whose hearts lean totally toward me, you people. You sustain your city and surrounding areas where my faithful servants abide. You have exercised your authority, all of us, that I have given you, and you're bringing light where darkness wishes to abide. Uh, I put Luke 10, 19. I put Kratos, Kratos, however you pronounce it, is authoritative power over the enemy, and you are filled with my dunamis power, seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly place. My resurrection power lives in you. Now he's talking to all of us. Now use that power. Occupy till I come, like soldiers do. It's me and you doing the works, so don't hold back. Be bold with power. Don't allow spiritual pride or the put-down tactics of the enemy to stop you. Oh, I'm a nothing. See, I said, I can't... Shut up, Jackie. <laughs> that's, that's right. Don't let those, those things, that's right, be bold. Let my utterance from, come forth from your mouth. You are all powerful in me. Now use that which I've given you for this purpose. I was revealed on the earth to destroy the works of the devil, but I have to do it through you. Now go in faith. He said that. <laughs> it's like reminding me. For this purpose was the Son of Man manifested to destroy the works of the devil. He already did it on the cross, but now we're supposed to occupy and do it. Oh, no, no, we hold back. God is sovereign and he does everything. He causes all that bad stuff and all that. Stop it. He does not. We are supposed to take authority. Amen. All I was be bold with my power because it's in you. So another time, so... Uh, so Mike Keyes said that our mess at that time when he said I'd be 20 to 30 years younger, and he says, and they will know by the, read the end of it, by the power that transforms from your hands to their bodies that you are a woman of God and a person who knows what she is talking about. And it will not be your message so much as the power that confirms it that will bring people into this work. And your church will, not, will be known not by the message, but by the power that displays in your church. Now, you know what? One day I found something really good about our immune system. Yeah, and you can start. Okay, but I want you to say this first. This is something you can do to immune system. Say it. Listen to me. You are filled with the wisdom of God. You know good from evil. And right from wrong. You resist the destroyer. And embrace and accept the good. Immune system. You neither overact. Nor underact. But effectively destroy every pathogen and every abnormal cell, all of the microorganisms in my body are balanced and healthy and colonize the exact locations 
for optimal health. Life prevails in every cell of my body. And there is no death. For the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead makes alive every cell in my body. And I will say this, and every organ in my body and every system in my body. I live out the full span of my life in health and accomplish all that God has for me. Yeah, you know, we can type that out, and if you want that, that's good to say. Okay, so that's that, all right? So, give me You know what would be really cool? I don't know if anybody from the choir was going to come up. Um, It'd be cool if you sang that first song, too. Maybe not? No? You sing what you want, or the healing. Thank you for your healing power. Oh, no, where you go? 
and you healed all diseases. Everything, organs, operating functions, and the perfection that God created of the function. And I forbid malfunction in the name of you Jesus. You are yes, the God that he left me. Yes. You know what? You What's are the Lord, my healer. Say it to him. You oh, sent your word right. and you healed all diseases. Thank you, Father. All of that has been erased in your life, and it's so sad. That healing power of God, even for your teeth, it doesn't make any difference what you did. The past is gone. The past is gone. Yes. And so, Father, thank you for that healing power in the teeth. Lord God, I thank you for the anointing, burden-removing, yoke-destroying, devil-crushing, mouth-moving power of God goes right in there and brings healing. Song of Solomon 6 6. Amen. 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 You are the God that he left me. You are the bone of his bone, your flesh of his flesh, one spirit with him. And those bones have to line up with the word of God in all of our bodies in Jesus' name. And you Amen.
the words of our mouth he's going to help us and say no no don't say it don't say it and that God that we will cast down all those thoughts about when our bodies hurt Lord God and that the healing power of God is going to work inside of our bodies God and we're going to reach a new level a new level a higher level ha 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 a healed, healed church. God, so we can help other people, Lord God. We thank you for longevity. We thank you for wisdom, Lord God, into what we say and what we do, Lord God, that might harm our bodies, what we put into our bodies. Lord, I know that you made some some sugar just a, a little bit, but instead of maybe one little tiny piece of candy instead of the whole thing <laughs> or half of the half a bite <laughs> so father thank you for that wisdom thank you lord god thank you god lead us guide us god we want you we want you to rule our lives <laughs> thank you father you show us how to take authority and when we do take that authority and occupy this planet earth as you desired us to do so that the church can come alive and a great awakening can come and a great revival, Lord God, in people's hearts and they can come to know the ever-living, everlasting, loving God, not a God who puts sickness and disease on us, not a God who causes storms or bad things to happen, but you are a God of goodness and we praise you and thank you for it. And Father, thank you for the ministering angels to be with these people and to even bring new body parts even to their house and to every time we have a service in here. God, even while we're worshiping you, Lord God, new body parts being placed by the angels from the storehouse of heaven. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. And thank you for supernatural protection as they go home. Amen. And Father, I thank you for the wisdom and we uh, for this air conditioner here. I thank you that you give someone wisdom to fix it correctly. And Lord, we say to this mountain of not being able to fix it, get out of here. Be removed and be cast into the sea. And if we shall not doubt in our heart, but believe that whatsoever we say shall come to pass, we shall have whatsoever we say. So we thank you, Father, for the air conditioning that you have provided for this building in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, well, you're dismissed. Amen. Thank you.